Welcome to Burning Daylight, the only podcast for the working cowboy. Well, howdy there, Daylight Burners. Oh, how was the weekend? Happy Monday. Hope, uh, hope everything treated you well. Uh, had some, some big news, uh, come down this past week. And, uh, <laughs> oh man, what a, what a mess we got going on. So, last a Tuesday, Supreme Court struck down, uh, the New York City, uh, concealed carry permit law. And the way I understand it, they didn't strike down concealed carry permits in general. However, what they did essentially was make every state a uh, a shall issue uh, state as far as a concealed carry permit. And uh, so you have uh, states like Kansas and uh, and I think Texas. And Alaska, Arizona, there's there's uh, quite a few now that have what's called constitutional carry, which means you can conceal carry a weapon without any sort of permitting involved. And then you have uh, shall issue states like uh, Nevada. Uh, I think Colorado, I'm pretty sure it's still a shall issue state. And uh, the majority of the rest of the the states are what are called shall issue, which means if you if you can pass the, the training class and you can pass a background check, they uh, have to issue you a concealed weapons permit. Now, then you have a few states like New York, uh, California, um, most of like your northeastern states, um, where they are uh, may issue states, which means you have to meet their standards of uh, requirements. So like when you, and, and New York in particular, the, like the, the meat of it was that they had to uh, show a cause beyond just general self-defense. Like they couldn't use self-defense as a just cause to, uh, or uh, as, as reason enough to, uh, need a concealed uh, carry permit. Um, and California is the same way, so they, they don't have to issue. They, uh, you have to prove that you need it. And uh, now that has just basically flipped flopped. So uh, New York City, uh, they will have to start issuing permits uh, as long as they, they don't have a reason not to. You know, they, you, the state now has to have a good reason to turn you down as opposed to you having, having a good enough reason to, to get one. So anyway, a bunch of gobbledygook. Um, it's a big, big win. Not as big as I had hoped. I was really hoping they would just strike down uh, concealed weapon permits altogether and, and essentially make the whole country, uh, you know, con, uh, constitutional carry. Um, however, it is a step in the right direction and, uh, maybe, maybe that'll lead the way for, uh, 
for another challenge to even, you know, go ahead and lift those requirements uh, for a permit where no, you know, like I said, constitutional carry nationwide is what I would, I would hope for. And uh, yeah, so now you don't have to worry um, quite as much about about that, but there's still state by state gun laws, as it should be. You know, I uh, if there's going to be gun laws, they should be at the state level, not the federal level. Um, now I uh, I, I don't think there should be any any gun laws in general, but I'll take what I can get. So that's a big win. Uh, the other kind of it's funny the groundbreaking decision Roe versus Wade Roe v. Wade uh, the case in the 70s that uh, enshrined the right to have an abortion um, in law not in the they say it in the constitution but it's still no, the constitution was never amended to include that so anyway um it over, overturned the ruling, which uh, even Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who was a, was a uh, very left-wing type of uh, justice, who, you know, she died right before the election, caused a big stir. That's how Amy Coney Barrett uh, got her, her seat. And um, say what you will about Trump. Uh, if you're on the conservative and slash libertarian leaning uh, side of things, like uh, I, I kind of put myself in more in the libertarian camp for sure, but I still have some very conservative leanings personally. Um, and personally, there's a lot of it was a lot of conservative leanings that made me not really like Trump so much. Uh, but say what you will. His legacy on Supreme Court justices is, uh, uh, I think, might be the the more lasting part of his legacy than any of the other stuff, whether it be the the Russia hoax, you know, the P tapes and the the Steele dossier, or uh, January sixth, the election. I mean, he is going to continue to make the 2020 election, a, you know, a, a thing, and. Uh, yeah, and it's one of one of those things I can't really can't get behind him on. Uh, but I'll hand it to him. He he got three Supreme Court justices uh, put on the bench, and uh, seems to be two really good ones, one pretty okay one. I'm not a not a big fan of Kavanaugh. And uh, I, I kind of begrudgingly, uh, like, I'm glad he stood his ground when, he, when they were coming at him during the confirmations. That was a bunch of nonsense. But also, I wouldn't have been that disappointed if they'd, uh, you know, just moved on from him and went to another guy. But, hey, he's, he's turned out okay so far. I don't think there's – I can't think of any rulings, really, that they, they made – uh, I'd have to look through some of it. But anyway, that's not what I wanted to talk about. I, I wanted to talk about this, the backlash from first the gun issue, um, 
the same day that the Supreme Court handed down that gun ruling, the Senate, with 14 Republicans, you know, um, the ones who claim to care about the Second Amendment, passed a gun safety bill that uh, really makes it a, a lot harder for somebody under the age of 21 to, to buy a gun. And also find in a nationwide framework to assist states with red flag laws. No, no nationwide red flag laws, but the apparatus to help implement them is now being, now, now in place, or at least it will be put in place. It's, uh, yeah. They needed to, to get Republicans to sign off in the Senate and sign off they did. Um, I'm going to pull that up here in a minute, but this thing was ah, the, the red flag laws. That's the one, the one that gets me. And now they, uh, you got to, oh, it, it's that, that's a scary deal where now the, the feds can't actually uh, take any of the blame because they don't have any red flag laws before they can see, you're going to get, whether it be the FBI or the, you know, Homeland Security or whoever, whatever the federal department is, that ATF, um, they're going to be assisting with the, the states that have red flag laws and, and implementing them and, and providing money and, uh, and I'm sure, uh, training and, uh, and weapons and all of that good shit and, uh, probably intelligence, uh, sharing, you know, They'll uh they'll be able to use the, the Patriot Act, I'm sure, to uh identify, you know, potential red flag targets and um you know, and just be able to pass those on to the states. You know, it's um I really, really don't like that. Um not a bit. That's uh so yeah, fuck those Republicans that I went ahead and signed off on that. Um, uh, let me see. I'm gonna I'm trying to find that that list, but I know it was John Cornyn. Um, let's see. John Cornyn, Lindsey Graham, of course. Um, Mitt Romney. Oh, old, old Mittens. He. Uh, <laughs> okay, here we go. Um, oh, the turtle and something. Mick McConnell. I believe I'm, um, I'm a false defender of the Second Amendment. However, uh, we, we at the federal level just do not have enough, uh, control over these, uh, these deadly weapons and, uh, uh, ensure, uh, a robust Second Amendment. We have to ensure that we can control these guns. Um, Mitch McConnell, Turtle, 2024. I'm not sure actually when he he runs again, but um, okay. Mitch McConnell, Roy Blunt of Missouri, Richard Burr of North Carolina, Shelley Moore, Capito, 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 West Virginia. That one's kind of surprising. West Virginia is a very pro-gun state. It should probably be in uh, 
I think I, I heard on Tim Pool like he's not a, up for election until 26, but that'll come back to Hunter. Uh, Bill Caspi of Louisiana, uh, Susan Collins of Maine. That's not a real big surprise. Uh, John Cornyn of Texas. He is a giant herd. Um, Joni Ernst of Iowa. That one, that one kind of surprised me. I thought she was better than that. I didn't think she was particularly great, but yeah, fuck her. Uh, Lindsey Graham, fuck him and his Filipino pool boy. Uh, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska. That's another one that wasn't real surprising, but fuck her too. Uh, Rob Portman of Ohio. He's a turd. Uh, fuck him. Mitt Romney, Utah. It's funny. When's the last time Mitt Romney stepped foot in Utah, uh, actually? Um, Tom Tillis of North Carolina. He's a turd. Pat Toomey of Pennsylvania. He's retiring and he's a turd. Uh, he's been trying to, he's been signed on the gun control bills in the past, uh, but didn't go through. And then Todd Young of Indiana. He's got an A plus rating from the NRA. Oh, and by the way, fuck the NRA too. Um, so anyway, that uh, while well, we got a really good ruling from from the court on on uh, guns, not as not a perfect, but pretty dang good. Um, the Senate had to go and uh, throw one more wrench into it. So I hope this gets challenged uh, immediately and gets struck down almost as quickly. We'll see how that goes. Um, and then he got the Roe v. Wade. So essentially with this ruling, um, the, the law that was challenged was a Mississippi law, which banned abortions after 15 weeks of, of uh, gestation, I think. And uh, so... Uh, the Supreme Court upheld that ruling, uh, essentially uh, undoing the Roe v. Wade ruling and kicking the abortion issue back to the individual states where it, if it belongs anywhere, that's where it truly belongs, is at a lower level. Frankly, I don't think it should be a legal issue whatsoever. Um, I think there's uh, some very, very solid, um, profound, and, and and just excellent points to be made on both sides of this issue. I'm not trying to be a squishy moderate. Um, in my personal life, I think uh, abortion is just that still in the baby. Um, however, I also can see. Um, uh, on the prohibition side of things, I prohibition doesn't work. So I think rather than uh, making it illegal and uh, bringing, you know, jail time, fines, all that, the whole legal apparatus that goes with uh, uh, outlawing something, uh, I think that that's a, a highly inappropriate use of the legal system for, for something like this where it's very strong very strong issues or feelings on both sides very good points on both sides and uh, 
it all does kind of, kind of come down to to the woman. And uh, I think, well, I think it's horrible that uh, when a woman, when or if they should uh, make that choice to to end a pregnancy, uh, I think that's awful. Um, I think more than anything, it speaks more to us men about uh, not taking care of our babies. Uh, that's that's the part that uh, I think is the most worrisome for, for a lot of women. It's like, are they going to have to do it alone? And that, that that says a lot about us dudes. And uh, and so, yeah, um, big win for the condom industry, I'm sure. Um, big win for, uh, well, initially anyways, for... Uh, for birth control, uh, Clarence Thomas hinted at taking a look into the, uh, it's like Obergefell, I think is, is the gay rights or the gay marriage one, which also is, um, while I tend to agree with the ruling, I, I don't, I don't agree with the, the outcome. Like they, when the Supreme Court, like, uh, when they struck down this law uh, banning gay marriage, they uh, they effectively overturned it all uh, for for the nationwide. Which I'm not I'm not even in a sense uh, opposed to that, but it was a it was a five to four ruling, and they uh, essentially overrode state state rights and. Uh, and they didn't even use like the equal protection under the law clause, you know, the Fourteenth Amendment, and uh, which you would think would make the most sense, but they they did not. And uh, I don't know. It's, so it's it's kind of a it's kind of a muddy ruling. It's not a not a real sound ruling, I don't think. So uh, that means maybe maybe they strike down. Uh, the gay marriage. I don't know how that's going to work. Um, however, I do know the freak out on Twitter has been nothing short of magnificent. Like, it has been a good one. I've thoroughly enjoyed the Twitter freak out. Like, it, it's been, it's been one for the ages. And, um, we've had a series of, uh, bombings here recently of not abortion clinics uh, but pregnancy centers and uh, which seems to be kind of I don't know uh, counterintuitive is the right word Um, seems to be kind of not helping their cause I, I don't um, I, I don't see the, the point of bombing uh, pregnancy centers, but they're they're also likening you know you know not being able to get abortion to slavery and all, all the typical stuff. Um, I made a tweet about just think of all the poor uh, trans women who will not well, who will now not be able to get an abortion in some states, and you know it's a uh, very much a satirical statement because uh, trans women means a dude that 
could never have an abortion in the first place because I can't get pregnant, um, no matter what what you call yourself. Uh, if you don't have the uterus and the, the eggs and the ovaries and the vagina and and all that, like you just uh, yeah, you can't you can't get pregnant. Therefore, you can't abort something that doesn't exist. Um. Anyways, it was uh, I thought it was pretty. It didn't get much traction. Uh, but I uh, I did notice that short time after that, one of the topics that was trending um, was was quite funny. It's called ASAB. People are reminding one another that the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade impacts. All people who can't get pregnant, who can get pregnant, including transgender men and assigned female at birth, AFAB, non-binary individuals. So, either gay women or women with uh, mental health issues can still be affected by this rule. Um, as I said, if you got the parts. Doesn't matter what you call yourself, if you have the parts, the vagina, you know, that, that's all, I guess all parts of the vagina, so the labia, the other labia, the clitoris, all that stuff, and then you got the, the womb, you know, the uterus, the ovaries, the fallopian tubes, and uh, you, you ovulate, you know, theme, or the mammal version of laying eggs. And uh, and you also menstruate, and uh, yeah, if you have all those parts, yeah, this ruling could possibly affect you. If uh, if you have or had at one point, <laughs> a ditch and or balls. <laughs> Uh, almost a hundred percent chance, unless you also were somehow born with a uh, uterus and ovaries and all that. Um, and in the very rare case of that, then yes, maybe you can have a dick and balls and still possibly get pregnant. That that's pretty rare, like almost non-existent. So. Just for the sake of uh, brevity, which I'm not real good at, I guess, uh, but we'll just say if you got a dick and or balls, uh, you're not going to be able to get pregnant. Um, but tongue-in-cheek joke that uh, also turned out to come true. Uh, so much so that it was trending in the top 20, or like top 30, I think, is what they put on their, their trending topics. So... Thought that was, and it was like right around the middle of the pack. So a lot of people were apparently talking about it, whether they were uh, in favor of uh, of these, you know, like or this was a, like a legitimate issue that they cared about, or people making fun of it. Either way, you're guessing more people making fun of it than, than the other way around. However, still trending. Um, so I guess that makes me a trendsetter. Um, you're welcome, world. You are welcome. Um, but now, yeah, you've got these uh, 
these widespread protests. I haven't heard of anything getting violent really yet. Um, we had some like truly awful um, imagery out in front of Amy Coney Barrett's house right before the the ruling was handed down. And so they there's a bunch of these women with signs. And they're wearing white pants with uh, blood smeared between their legs, and they're holding like little fake uh, babies, little baby dolls, and uh, and they're like chanting and holding signs out in front. I mean, it's um, you know, it's one of those things that like a, a lot of people think it probably should be outlawed, and and I think there's a there's probably a good point to that because it's at some point like the, I I know they're on public property, but at some point like can can you not like say this is harassment at some point um, when you just have a mob out in front of your house all the time? I, I don't know. There's 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 that side of me that that kind of falls into that, but also. I've got the free speech absolutist side on me that says, good. Show those crazy bitches wherever you can and let people know what exactly they're doing. And so, I mean, while it sucks for Amy Tony Barrett and her family and the neighbors and everything to see this just heinous spectacle uh, out, out there in front, also, good. Show you're crazy. Let everybody know exactly what they're doing. I'm, I'm all like just full transparency. Um, but this, I, I read, um, read a piece. I didn't. I don't think I read it all the way through. But it was uh, kind of asking the question: Are like we in the antebellum period of you know that pre-Civil War antebellum South where? Uh, and I just, I, I read, or I didn't read, I listened to a podcast series, uh, from American History Tellers. <laughs> you like history podcasts? These, these are really good. They're like really highly produced, like, uh, kind of the opposite of what I do, where it's, uh, it's like scripted, uh, but well researched and, uh, and got, got good, good musical score and, and everything. Uh, kind of heavy on the ads at times, but that's all right. I mean, people got to make money, so I don't begrudge them. And uh, and they really do excellent work. Uh, but they did a whole series on John Brown and, and Bleeding Kansas, and uh, <coughs> it was really, <coughs> really um, kind of fascinating how similar some of the issues are. Like. Um, you had the Dred Scott decision uh, right before the Civil War, uh, which essentially said that uh, black people could never become a full citizen of the United States. So you could uh, you could look at it one of two ways, where you could say that like um, it didn't say they weren't people, but it. Definitely didn't say they were. Uh, but then he also had like the, the Fugitive Slave Act, which um, honestly kind of reminds me a lot of uh, the, the Texas abortion bill, where 
not only were you required to return a fugitive slave to their to their owner um, in the South, you were required to do that throughout all of the United States. And also, if you helped them get away, you'd be punished under law nationwide. And uh, and of course, you had a lot of northern states just refusing to um, to enforce that, and that pissed off the the South because they're like, hey. If we we pass this law at the, at the federal level and you guys aren't upholding it, you're not like what what is what's the point of being in this this union of states? You know, we're, we were we're the United States of America. It's uh, we're not meant to be um, seen as as one nation. We're we're meant to see as a an alliance of different states, um, sovereign states that. Uh, you know, the federal government holds by these, they can do this and nothing else. Uh, and the majority of the stuff is left, left up to the, to the state governments. And, um, but here where you got, uh, national level laws not being enforced by, by the northern states who had, uh, who had abolished slavery and most of them, there was a few, few slave states that actually joined the, the, the state with the union. Um, and it's not like the the North really uh, <coughs> the abolitionists were were a pretty small minority, and then the ones that actually wanted to fight to end slavery, like John Brown, were like a really really small minority. I mean, most of most of the buildup was over slavery, but a lot of it had to do with. Uh, I mean, there was a general disdain, but the northern banks and stuff uh, became very reliant on <coughs> on the the southern cotton crop, and uh, so it wasn't nearly as cut and dried as uh, as it's made out to be, and uh, it wasn't until you know well into the war that that Lincoln issued the uh, Emancipation Proclamation, which and still did not free any slaves in the North. It just simply freed the slaves in the South, which they had no real control over at the time. So it, it was it was a symbolic deal, and of course a lot gets made of it, and I think it's a noble gesture, but like practically it didn't really do much, and, and Lincoln knew that too. It was it, it was a it was a good PR move. Um, but there, there was, there was all these decisions. And then you look at, uh, they had the, the Kansas and the Nebraska Act. So it was like the, you had the compromise of 1840 or something like that, where essentially it established the Mason-Dixon line, everything, everything north of there was, uh, a new, uh in any new territory. North of the Mason-Dixon was uh, considered a free state. Everything below could uh, could be slave a slave state if they so chose. And so that outlawed slavery in uh, Kansas and Nebraska. Well, after they uh, then they passed the Kansas-Nebraska Act uh, because of all the infighting and uh, and they. Uh, 
the southern states thought they were, they rightfully so, thought they were being boxed out. And so it essentially, <coughs> and then, you know, you had the, the Mexican War, too, with, um, you know, the Compromise of 1840 or whatever it was. It, uh, it was relevant for all the, the new territory that was, you know, included in the Louisiana Purchase. But then we, we went to war with Mexico, won, got a whole bunch of land back, and, uh, not back, but new land. And because of that, we, uh, you know, they had to redo the whole thing. So the Mason-Dixon line no longer becomes a relevant issue past the Kansas-Nebraska Act, and they allow for uh, the people of the territories to decide, and um, for whatever reason, they just assumed that it was not going to go go well in Nebraska. So nothing really happened up there, but Kansas was right on the border with Missouri. You know, so it's, uh, it's been a big long feud ever since those days. But Missouri is a slave was a slave state. Uh, Kansas, even though it had been a territory for several years, uh, and and a and a free free soil uh, territory. Now the, the rules have changed and they got a vote on it. So you had what they called the Jayhawkers, the, the, the slave owners and uh, slave supporters from Missouri come uh, rushing over the border. Um, you want to talk about a stolen election. That, that was definitely a stolen election where they uh, these Jayhawkers came over and stuffed the ballot box. Uh, even you know, they didn't even reside in Kansas, but they uh, they essentially had guards at all the all the polling places, and uh, yeah, a lot of voter intimidation and whatnot. And uh, so they implemented a a, a slavery pro slavery uh, government and and a whole bunch of laws pertaining to that. <coughs> um, a lot of bloodshed. Um, but then that's, that's where John Brown got his, uh, his start, uh, fighting for this, uh, abolitionist cause. And, and I just wonder, like, are we going to have a, uh, like, are we going to have a bunch of, like, purple and green haired John Browns? Howdy there. I'm Matt McKinley with the Burning Daylight podcast. If you ever wanted to make a podcast, well, Spotify's got a platform that makes that lets you make one super easily. And then you can distribute it everywhere and even earn money. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for for podcasters and here's how it works. Spotify for podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from the phone or computer. Uh so no matter what uh your setup was like, you can uh start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And uh, if you like my show, Fence Post Politics with my buddy Aaron, that's the place to watch it because it's all video all the time. And we uh, like we share videos, we comment on videos, we share news articles and uh, and funny memes. So um, it's pretty cool. Um and also, if you want to take your conversations to, uh, with your fans to the next level, uh, your question and answer, answer and polls are the best way to get them talking. You can attach that to your your podcast there, and, and you get your you get you know 
valuable interactions with your fan, your fans. And uh, <clears throat> with Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. And that's uh, that that is true. Um, <laughs> supposed to do a testimonial here. Um, but anyways, this is the, the podcast I use or the podcast, uh, host that I use. I like Spotify. They're, uh, they're very good on just letting you do your thing, uh, with, uh, with no catch to it. Uh, there's a good reason why Joe Rogan hosts podcasts on Spotify. And, and this is, uh, this is a great way to get started. If you, if you have ever thought about starting a podcast, this is where I would send anybody to go. Um, <clears throat> best thing you can do is just download the Spotify for podcasters app, or you can go to spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. And yeah, if you've ever thought about just doing a podcast, or if you're tired of paying a monthly service that, uh, doesn't seem to do much for you, Spotify podcasters is your spot. So, uh, go to spotify.com slash podcasters or download the app today. Running around and like, uh, you know, pulling people out of their, you know, pro, pro pregnancy people. They just like pull them out. Of, you know, they get, uh, what's, how, fuck, who's, who's the big, like, pro life, uh, people out there, but they like drag them out of bed in the middle of the night and, uh, slice them up with a bunch of swords and, and shit, bash their skulls in. And, hey, is that, is that what we're gonna have? Or we're, you know, and they're just gonna keep, bombing the you know the the pregnancy centers and then next thing you know they're going to be like uh, bombing um or they're going to like destroying daily wire headquarters or something like that you know is that where we're headed because it kind of feels like maybe and um the funny thing is you had the you had the protest about the guns too you know people in favor of gun control and I didn't really hear much uh, calling for violence. A lot of anger, a lot of anger on that issue too. I mean, that's I guess saying, uh, and then some of the fence post politics episodes. You got the two biggest wedge issues of my lifetime: guns and abortion. And uh, and now uh, you've got half the country really. It seems like if you if you listen to Twitter and the and the, you know your corporate media, they'll tell you that it's just uh, half the country is overjoyed and half the country is just ready to revolt. And I don't think it's half. I think there's the uh, especially on the abortion side. I think there's uh, there's a lot more concerted movement. And being how it's going to be a state by state issue, um, much less so than the gun issue. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you had some voter intimidation in some of these, uh, say if like, if it, it takes to like a statewide referendum, uh, or a statewide question whether or not to enshrine abortion in, in the state constitution. I would not be surprised to see some, some very, uh, 
possibly violent intimid- voter intimidation tactics uh, come from uh, particularly from from the, the pro-abortion side. Um, and maybe, maybe, um, you know, some of these more conservative states, I know like Louisiana is considering a bill to uh, classify an abortion as homicide, which uh, that that really um, so like uh, homicide means like you can be extradited from a different state. So if they somebody from Louisiana goes to New York and and gets an abortion, but Louisiana considers that a homicide, and, and that that woman's gonna have to go on trial. Like a homicide, are we gonna have cases where like? New York becomes a sanctuary state for, you know, for people, for, for women who, from Louisiana, who, who went there to get abortions, and now they can't go back to Louisiana because they'll be arrested for uh, essentially murder. Um, yeah, that, I could see uh, that shit could get real tense there. Um, they're, they're still still keeping the COVID shit alive. Um, <laughs> There's still, um, they're still challenging the mask mandate. Like that'll probably eventually, uh, you know, go before the Supreme Court. And, uh, and then like, I, I just wonder how many, like it seems to be there's a lot of, a lot of push towards nullification uh, all the way around. And uh, I think overall that's a good thing. Um, and, you know, I, I think probably is going to be somewhat of a abortion tourism industry to, uh, you know, like I, I wouldn't be surprised if Nevada became one of those places. We, I think it's protected in the state constitution here. So, but then I just wonder, like, when it comes like to women running afoul of the laws in their own state, what's the extradition stuff going to look like? And, and, like, how how far are these conservative states willing to push the issue to? Uh, because it seems like you can, you can just uh, outright, um, you know, ban it or whatever, like, make your, put your restrictions on it and kind of just leave it at that. But if they're gonna if they're gonna start assigning penalties, and then like in Texas where you can, well, the woman doesn't get in trouble, but the doctor and anybody who assisted her, uh, like, are they gonna be? And they get rewarded essentially ten thousand dollar reward to to sue these people. So are are you gonna see like you know high profile cases where? The residents in Texas are suing like the major airlines because they assisted uh, in helping a woman get an abortion, you know, in New York or Nevada or California or wherever. Um, I think we could see some of this, and oh, you know, I I don't wish for for violence on, on any level, but I, I don't. I see some sort of kind of, either whether it be balkanization or outright civil war, I see it as almost inevitable at this point. And 
Well, I personally, I really love the ruling on, on Roe vs. Wade. I wish it was a ruling on a, a separate topic that also pertained to state rights. Uh, just because abortion is such a hotly debated issue. But that being said, I, I still, I really, I really appreciate the ruling. Um, cause it's a, it's a, a clear strike against the federal government and, and, and a huge, uh, like propping up of the 10th Amendment, which, you know, says any, any, anything not mentioned in here, in the Constitution and of itself, uh, anything not mentioned here becomes an issue delegated to the states or to the people themselves. And that is, that is a, an, a constitutional amendment that has been overlooked and trampled on, uh, since the Civil War and, uh, probably even before that. Uh, so I, I think that's a huge, huge, uh, like, I guess you could call it a right turn in, as far as the, how the, how the Supreme Court rulings may go from here on out because, huh, if they're, if they're willing to take on the two biggest, uh, wedge issues and rule on, uh, in a constitutional, you know, originalist kind of sense, like, I wonder what else they're going to take up. You know, Clarence Thomas already hinted at the, at the gay marriage issue, and that's another one where I, I think I think everybody should be able to marry whoever the hell they want. Um, I think that should be an issue between you, your spouse, and God, and not the not a church and not a uh, not the government by any means, but. That's my, my personal feelings, but <laughs> I, I'm, I understand that there's some, particularly in the Bible Belt, Oklahoma, Texas, uh, you know, Arkansas, down, down through the South, people that really have a strong moral issue with, uh, with gay marriage. Um, and there's a lot of, a lot more people, I think, that, uh, see that as an old way of thinking. Um, also, um, view it as bigoted. I don't view it as bigoted. I view it as uh, just another case of, of people putting their nose where it don't belong. It's none of your goddamn business. And if it doesn't directly affect you, leave it be. And uh, I think a lot of people kind of feel that way too. But I also, I, I think if, uh, if the people in the state don't want it, and enough of people, I mean, like if they, they pass the law, whether it be through referendum or, you know, through the legislation, I, uh, that's their state. If you don't like it, you can change, help to move to change the law or you can move to a different state, which sounds drastic, but it's an option. It's always been an option. That's one of the, the very nice things about here in the U.S. If you don't like how shit's going in California, you can move to another beautiful state and ruin the fuck out of that one too. Uh, and, and, uh, and nobody's gonna stop. I guess they, they kinda did in, uh, in the thirties. They had patrols set up, uh, at the California state line to stop, uh, Okies from coming in, uh, during the dust bowl. But, um, 
I can't think of m- many other. Ah, uh, you know, there's probably there's always been some sort of patrols, you know, uh, particularly like when when they were settling the West. I'm sure there was a lot of like cross county, cross state line uh, skirmishes and whatnot. Um, but it makes you wonder, like, uh, are they just gonna like set up a checkpoint? At all the the major highways uh, on the west edge of, of Texas, and uh, start turning back anybody with California plates, uh, or, or are they gonna? Like, are, are we gonna set up patrols on the, on the California line here in Nevada, and and just start turning people back? Um, I wonder. I, I, it seems like maybe we're not that far from uh, a situation like that. Uh, maybe we're not that close. Uh, maybe that sounds crazy, but it sounds less and less crazy to me all the time. Uh, <clears throat> you know, when when you have you take the the riots of 2020, that whole summer, uh, just ongoing widespread violence. Uh, and then you had the, the January 6th deal, which, you know, in the grand scheme of things, they delayed a congressional proceeding uh, by a couple hours. And they're taking that call an insurrection. And I suppose, I suppose, when you really break down into the, the weeds, you could technically define it as an insurrection. However, it was very minor at best. I mean, I guess, you know, at the, I guess at the worst case scenario, it was a minor, short-lived, ill-prepared insurrection. Uh, and that's it. That's uh, saying, like, if they, if they convict these Proud Boy people and uh, the Oath Keepers guy, Stuart Rhodes, um, if they do end up being convicted on the seditious conspiracy charges, then all right. Well, then I, I'd say, even though I may not view it as much, I guess you could technically call it an insurrection. But I, I would argue that you would have to call the the Chaz Chop thing in uh, in Seattle same thing. They they occupied six square blo- uh, city blocks. Uh, set up borders, set up patrols, and uh, yeah, uh, essentially lived uh, as an on- autonomous zone for a good chunk of the summer. And uh, <laughs> there was there was nothing done about that. I've, I'm seeing very few convictions. That, I don't know if any convictions or, or even charges come out of that where, you know, the, the Capitol Hill thing, there are over 800 people that they've charged so far. And I don't know. I, it just seems like all these things are kind of culminating. <coughs> and it's, uh, you're getting into more and more like disparate type groups where like, there's becoming less and less that people agree on. Um, you know, and it's, it's also, it's also funny to me is how the people who are becoming the most violent 
are the people that are the least equipped to actually inflict violence on somebody. Like they are the biggest pussies on earth and the people that actually can fight just haven't done so yet. And, uh, so there, there's that issue where I got wonder, like, should it come to shooting? That I, I just don't, I don't see it going very well for the, the people kind of stirring the shit right now. I, I just don't, don't see it going well for them. And, uh, and now, like, with this red flag apparatus and, like, we're, whew, that, that's, that scares the shit out of me. Uh, because I, I can say some, some off-color jokes here. Um, and, and somebody could take a clip and chop it up and take it completely out of context. And, uh, then, uh, next thing you know, I find myself on a terrorist watch list and uh, I get red flagged. And, uh, you know, you have, you know, whether it be ATF or FBI or Nevada State Police or whoever the fuck it is, uh, come busting through the door on a no-knock warrant at 3 a.m. Um, and that becomes a very real possibility with this red flag shit. And then with the Patriot Act, all the domestic surveillance and, and shit. And that's going to get people killed. Those red flag, red flag laws will get more people killed than they say. Uh, I, I think you can, you can take that, that statement to the bank. Uh, that, that shit is dangerous and, uh, also unconstitutional. You can't strip somebody of a right without due process of law. And that's exactly what a, a red flag law is. Uh, they, they preemptively take your guns because they think you're a danger to yourself or society. And then they, it's on, it's up to, to you to prove your innocence, which is not, not how our justice system is, uh, is set up. That's not, that goes against the very spirit of what we consider to be justice here. You, know, you are innocent until you are proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt and convicted of that by a jury of your peers. <clears throat> not having to go before a judge and prove that you're not a crazy person with murderous intent because uh, your crazy anti-gun neighbor uh, saw you carrying in a shotgun from, from a hunting trip or something. And, uh, and she got spooked and, and triggered. Just the fact that you say trigger triggers her. And... Uh, and that's the, that's the type of shit that can happen with those things. And they're, that's, that's dangerous. And we've all seen time and time and time again, uh, the cops will let you down. Uh, they can't be there all the time. And honestly, you don't want them there all the time. You don't want to live in a police state, uh, which we are increasingly more and more living in. Uh, so, as the government, the federal government starts to lose its grasp on control, uh, they're gonna get more and more desperate and they're gonna get more and more aggressive and vindictive and, uh, you know, proactive, I suppose, uh, which would mean more surveillance, um, more raids, 
more, uh, you know, conspiracy charges, uh, seditious conspiracy charges, um, more personal attacks, and uh, you know, the, the government has been doing this for ever, even when there wasn't a threat of them losing power, they still acted, uh, you know, aggressively and brutally to, to maintain their power. So when they're actually in danger of losing power, like, look out, you know, uh, a dog is the most dangerous when you corner him. Uh, same way with, like, an old, old mama cow. Uh, first class pepper. You get her by herself and she's got nowhere to go. That's usually when she gets real fucking goofy. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think that's what the, the federal government's gonna be doing as well. And, uh, that's not a good thing. Um, but, we can use it. Um, we can use it. Against the government, like the more, the more and more violent they get, the more and more unreasonably they act, the more and more they try to make you uh, disbelieve what you see with your own eyes, hear with your own ears. Uh, the more and more that happens, uh, the more and more people will see the, these clowns for what they are, and uh, I, I just. I really hope this thing resolves peacefully, but I, I think that's unlikely. Um, even when you look at how the, when the Soviet, U, Soviet Union broke apart, um, it did so relatively peacefully. That doesn't mean it was completely peacefully. Look at, uh, Yugoslavia, uh, you know, Bosnia, um, <laughs> those Balkan states are still at war. <laughs> and um, that's the bad thing is uh, it was kind of the, the, the argument of the, of Lincoln and the, and the Republicans and the, and the Unionists uh, back in the Civil War days is just like maybe this uh, this federal government isn't the best thing but it's, it's kind of the evil we know, and we can we know how to control it. But like, if this breaks apart, uh, you know, things could go really bad. And I think that's that's a very I think that's a very true statement. Um, you, you can you can look through well, look at anywhere where we've invaded in the last hundred years. Uh, well, we'll say last eighty years since since uh, World War Two. Uh, and you look at all these wars that we've been involved in, Korea, Vietnam, uh, you know, all the shit in the Middle East, all the shit in South America and Africa. Every time we go in and we overthrow the leader of that country, even if they are a brutal, brutal uh, piece of shit dictator, as soon as we, we overthrow them, there's a power vacuum. And who fills that? Usually the most brutal of the warlords, uh, whether they're, uh, sometimes, you know, in the Middle East, a lot of times it's, uh, you know, the, it's usually the majority ethnic group and, uh, and or religious group. So Iraq, perfect example. It's a super majority Shia, 
uh, Muslim country uh, being ruled by uh, a just brutal dictator in Saddam Hussein who happened to be a moderate Sunni as far as religion goes. There was nothing moderate about his his ruling, but as far as the religion goes, uh, he was a Sunni, which is what Al-Qaeda and them were, but he, uh, he was definitely not a bin Laden type Sunni. He ruled with an iron fist and was able to keep the you know, that supermajority Shia population relatively under control. And when we overthrew him, um, immediately we had a scramble for power. And, uh, yeah, who, who ended up winning? The, the Shia majority, uh, backed by Iran. And, uh, then we dealt with, uh, an insurgency. Um, so, like, you wonder, like, if, uh, say, California secedes, it's not going to be Newsom that, that does that. Newsom wants to be president. But you could see some crazy, crazy left wing, uh, say, say it's like a, a Mexican guy who's, uh, you know, undocumented immigrant or whatever, illegal immigrant. However you want to talk, maybe he's a dreamer. You know, one of those kids that came over here uh, illegally as a baby, and uh, and now he's become this, like, left-wing rising star. Um, <laughs> if that's the... Those are the type you want to look for, not, not the established uh, people. Um, yeah, like Pelosi, Newsom... Uh, Adam Schiff, all those California, like, establishment types, they're, they're not gonna, they're not gonna lead a secession movement, no. Their power comes from the federal government. But, uh, say somebody like, uh, Tom Cotton. Tom Cotton could end up being, uh, like a Hitler-like figure. figure. Uh, let's, I won't call him, uh, I won't equate him to Hitler, because there's no, uh, yeah, that's overused. But say, say a Mussolini type, another fascist type, where um, Tom Cotton considers himself a conservative, but he is very much uh, he's a big government guy. He just wants it for uh, for neoconservatives. You know, he wants a neoconservative authoritarian type government. And he was the guy uh, in 2020 that was telling Trump to send the troops in to, to shut down these riots. And uh, and it wasn't like later on, as after they've been going on for months on end. No, this was like early on. He was like, send in the troops. Just squash it. And uh, that guy is exploring a run for president. And supposedly he's got a he's got a presentation that he's been showing these big money donors as to why and how other candidates uh, have lost in the past. So you get somebody like that and uh, somebody who's not, you know, if, if Tom Cotton was in charge, if he was president during summer of 2020, uh, how much worse would it have been had he sent in, the, you know, the military to, to put down these things? Like, had he invoked the Insurrection Act, which, by the way, was not 
or not done, could have been done. Um, yeah, so it's you got you got to look out for people like that that are kind of kind of on the the fringe. But if the if if shit gets bad this summer and continues to get worse in the final two years of of this Biden presidency, because let's face it, he's not. I don't think he's running again. And if he does, the only way I see him winning is if Trump runs against him. And uh, oh, yeah. So just let's say that there becomes more and more of this uh, these wise, widespread protests, that, and then they devolve into mobs and riots and and looting, and it, and it becomes just another mirror image of uh, 2020, but they say they come, become even more widespread because it's not about uh, BLM anymore. It's about uh, women's rights. And all of a sudden, again, we, we care about women. We couldn't define them just a few short weeks ago. Still have a hard time defining them. But we really care now. Really care. After we tried to erase women for the past, you know, five, ten years. And... uh you know, we took over their sports and uh, and their contests. I mean, Bruce Jenner became Caitlyn Jenner and won, you know, Woman of the Year shortly after, um, within a year. You know, he didn't even he didn't even have to be a woman full a year. And uh, but now, step aside, Bruce, Caitlyn, whoever you are, <laughs> we care about the real women this time. That's who we care about. So let's say these these protests get more and more widespread. Antifa gets more and more um, ambitious and emboldened, and, and then you know what led to the rise of the, the the Proud Boys was Antifa. Like the Proud Boys started out as like this gay little like fraternity, uh, and the name in and of itself is uh, making fun of a a guy for not being masculine enough. And then the next thing you know, they're like rolling up to these protests and getting in fights with Antifa and shit. And uh, so, like, it, it's not that hard to make the comparison for a bunch of crazy lefties that, you know, Trump's inciting uh, street violence with his, you know, his version of the brown shirts. <laughs> so... You uh, you say we say this summer, uh, you know, caps it all off in November, and uh, and because of all the the violence and the protests and and whatnot, uh, but because of the anger about the the Roe versus Wade deal, uh, Republicans take back the House and the Senate, but they have very small majorities. They didn't do as good as it was looking because of this uh, upsetting of the balance with with the Supreme Court uh, overruling Roe v. Wade. So you get two more years of just sustained mob violence and <coughs> riots and looting, and you've seen what the police do in these in these cities when when this shit breaks out, and it's a, a lot of nothing. So now you have you have more and more Kyle Rittenhouses popping up. You have more and more of that. You have uh, water issues uh, 
really coming, starting to come to a head here in these western states. I was talking with my brother-in-law in Kansas, and everybody's drilling new wells, but they're going down 600 feet or better, and they're getting good, good, you know, 500-gallon uh, well, and then next thing you know, it's down to like 120. And so, like, just the aquifer doesn't have the charge like it used to. And uh, and we, you you want to talk about uh, violence? Uh, nearly all the the range wars and stuff were were over land and water. And uh, as more and more city people buy up more and more rural land, uh, and with that the water, uh, you're gonna see. I, I wouldn't be surprised if you see pockets of violence all across the West. And how how are the state authorities gonna gonna respond to that? I mean, are they gonna just quash the guys trying to get their water back, or are they gonna side with the the big corporations and the uh, big money? Well, if history has shown us anything, they'll side with the big money, and that's going to lead to some even more angry populism. Uh, populism is a very, very effective and uh, and useful force, but it can also be very, very destructive. Just asked uh, you know, Marie Antoinette about French populism. And, uh, you know, you saw, it's, you're seeing it happen all over the world, too. And, uh, and I would not be, I wouldn't be surprised to see you know, uh, some sort of world war uh, break out again, and much like in World War One, when Russia eventually drops out because they have a the Bolshevik Revolution, I wouldn't be surprised. Say we, we get in, ensnared in this this uh, war between uh, Europe and Russia, and uh, as we're fighting over there, all of a sudden shit pops off over here. And uh, then what happens? Do we like? How do we? You know, how do we withdraw troops from a world war when we're in the middle of a civil war? You know, Russia could just. You know, the Russian troops just left. You know, they just kind of went home, or they uh, they turned inward. But they were also fighting relatively close to home, where we've got an ocean that we got to cross either way. Uh, so what what happens if if that if we get embroiled in a an overseas conflict and then shit pops off here at home like how, what happens to those soldiers over there who do they fight for and uh, yeah it's a lot a lot of shit that can happen and it seems like the, the pace at which uh, it's happening is just getting quicker and quicker and quicker and it's interesting, interesting, and uh, I still wonder how those dividing lines are going to be drawn because I don't think they're. I'm gonna. I think you're going to see a lot more West Virginias pop up. Uh, you know, when when Virginia seceded from the Union, uh, West Virginia was still part of Virginia, and they said, no, 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 we don't want to do that, so they broke off from Virginia, created West Virginia. Um, are we going to, are we going to have the, you know, the counties in uh, California and 
Washington and Oregon that are always threatening to secede and join Idaho? Do they finally do it? And uh, is California and Oregon and Washington, are they going to force those counties to stay in in that state? I, I just I think it's going to be a lot more messy than it was the first time around. Um, and uh, the military is going to be right in the thick of it and uh, put in the worst possible spot. So I I don't know where we're headed. It's uh, I could be just being real real paranoid, which is is possible. Um, but you can compound, compound that with with the economic crisis that we've got going on and the inflation is is going to keep it's going to keep getting out of control because we haven't we haven't shut down any spending. Like we just keep spending more. Um, you know the the COVID, uh, you know, stimulus stuff, uh, all those programs kind of came to an end. So, I mean, that, that, that dropped our spending considerably, but we're going to make up for it in the meantime, and we'll send more and more money and weapons over to Ukraine, which uh, that $40 billion that, that we, uh, we authorized for them, most of that stays here, goes to the defense contractors. All the weapons manufacturers. That's that's where that money goes to. Um, you know, Ukraine will get the weapons, but outside of a you know a small chunk of it for humanitarian aid, that that stays right here in the good old U.S. of A. And uh, so yeah, we we just gifted Raytheon and Boeing and Lockheed Martin, Northrop Grumman, and General Dynamics and General Electric. All of those. All of those folks, uh, yeah, I got a, another another big payday gift from me and you. So, um, yeah, so I, I don't I don't expect to see inflation uh, curb for quite some time. Uh, the Fed's raising interest rates, but um, they can't raise them fast enough to uh, for it not for the inflation not to become runaway without crashing the economy. So, yeah, they're going to try to just ease into it and, you know, slowly over the next five years we'll, we'll, uh, we'll hit 20% interest rates and, and maybe maybe get the, the shit back under control. Probably not. No, they'll, uh, they'll keep kicking us down the road until the bubble will keep growing and growing and growing and eventually it's going to pop. And it's gonna suck. And now we have all this uh, the civil strife on our hands. And uh, let's say Trump gets elected again. Uh, you, you could kind of view him, uh, or or Biden for that matter. Say Biden runs again by some miracle, he's able to keep together and run again, and he gets elected. So, you know, say let's just you know theorize here. It's uh. 2024, Trump runs again. Uh, Trump being Trump, he uh, he makes it a his whole campaign about how he got screwed in 2020, and uh, and so people are kind of tired of hearing it. And Biden once again gets elected. Well, you have uh, either way, Biden or Trump. Say that happens again. 
either one of those guys could be viewed as the Lincoln of the times because uh, remember the, the big thing about Lincoln initially was uh, the southern states said nope nope uh, this thing cannot be salvaged and we've got a, an abolitionist uh, sitting in the Oval Office and uh, nope we're not even going to try it anymore we're screw you guys uh, we're forming our own country uh, I'm not saying it's likely, but I could see that happening when you have two polarizing candidates for two completely different reasons. Um, and it seems like, I don't know, well, let's say Hillary. Hillary, uh, she falls on the sword and she has, she runs again just because people were clamoring for it or something. And, uh, she she wins. Becomes the first woman president. Is Florida and Texas and Idaho and Missouri and Arkansas are they all just gonna say nope? Going home. This thing is not worth salvaging. Or the same way as California, New York, and and all the you know the northeast New England states. Are they gonna are they gonna get up from the table and say that ah, we're out? Uh, we're not doing this again. We'll, uh, if Trump gets elected, I can see that happening too. I'm not saying it's likely, but the way the way the the pieces are falling into place, like we're, it feels like we're on the verge of a of another world war as well as another civil war, and uh, yeah, could be fun. Could be fun. Uh, you'll find me in the hills one way or the other. Uh, yeah. There's, uh, yep. Shit's gonna uh, get wild, uh, here for the summer. I wonder how wild it's gonna get. I-, I wonder if it's gonna fizzle out or if they're, like, are people just tired enough where it's like, ah, I'm, I'm pissed about that, but I just don't care anymore. Like, I'm, I'm done caring about all of it. Seems like there's also a lot of people right there that, uh, in that position too. Where it goes from here, I don't know, but I'll uh, keep trying to make the best dick jokes around uh, while it all happens. Um, anyhow, I hope you guys have a good week. Uh, if you've got any topics or questions or people that uh, I need to cover, please let me know. Send me a message on any of the social media stuff or uh, shoot me an email, matt at burning-daylight.com. If you'd like to support the show at all, um, best way to do that is patreon.com slash burningdaylight. Sign up there at any level. Um, we'll have some, we'll have some, uh, some bonus content. You'll get ad-free content and, uh, and you also get stuff, uh, a little bit earlier than the regular feed, so um, and the most importantly, you'd be helping me do some more cool stuff and making the show better for you guys. So, if you want to help out? That's how to do it. Patreon.com/slash/burningdaylight. Sign up there, and uh, appreciate y'all for tuning in. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been a wild three years since I started this, and. Uh, Appreciate y'all making that journey with me. And, uh, hope you've enjoyed it. Um, and if you didn't, well, try harder. Maybe. Um, maybe not. Who knows? 
But hope you have a good week. Take care of yourself out there. And uh, get your abortions now before you can or something. Or don't if you don't want to. Or if you do. Or formerly a dude. Just know. This doesn't affect you anyways. Can't get pregnant. So, anyhow, on that note, move your ass. We're burning daylight. The faucet started leaking in the kitchen. And today your picture fell down off the wall. Boss man, he said, sorry, I can't use you anymore. And tonight, light bulb went out in the hall. Things have gone to pieces since you left me. Nothing turns out that bright now, it seems. There ain't nothing in my pocket except three nickels and a dime. But I'm holding to the pieces of my dream. Somebody put a baseball through my window. And the arm fell off my favorite chair again. Man, it came today, set it all my things away. If I didn't make my payment by ten. Things have gone to pieces since you left me. Nothing turns out right now it seems. There ain't nothing in my pocket but three nickels and a dime. But I'm holding to the pieces of my dreams.